welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast with myself, Jules, co-host Shane and semi-silent co-host Al. Um, semi-silent, that's a change. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, he's left, us, he's left us to our own devices for a bit. Oh, the power um, is, uh, is amazing. <laughs> so today we're on our, um, this is our sixth interview, I believe, of yeah, our bumper open studio day that we're having um on the biscuit it's been intense today to be honest it's, it's, it's been, been non-stop been, isn't it yeah, yeah. I, think, I think i think alan needs to be look at well we need to look at the schedule and a bit better because we literally have no time for breaks or drinks or i know breaks or anything like <laughs> i'm just quite conscious he probably hasn't even eaten today mm. so but he'll definitely need to um yeah. so yeah so our sixth guest of the day um is dave palmer who's owner and director of training at um, Essential Driver Training, or probably a lot of people that do any motorbike training will know you as Fast Track. So welcome to the show, Dave. Thanks very much. Nice to see you. Cool. And how are you this afternoon? Not too bad at all. Too bad. So tell us us a bit about your, your business and your background and that, and then we'll just we'll go from there. Shane and I will interject whenever we fancy we want to ask you a question. Yeah, uh, my background is uh, until I started this business with, with police. I was a police officer, West Mercia inspector when I retired in Telford and then set up this business. Uh, started with one car. I was basically a small driving school, uh, well, a one-man driving school. Then we expanded onto motorbikes about 25 years ago. We've been in business 27 years now. Um, and then over a couple of moves, we are now based on battlefields where we've been for about 14 or 15 years. If people came to our premises, they would think we were a motorbike shop or a motorbike trainers because that's basically what we look like. But but actually, it only counts for about 10 or 15% of our work. Most of our work is in the transport industry where we have... Um, uh, where we conduct or we do some legal training for drivers and for companies. We train, with, so we teach everything really from motorbikes up to lorries, but we don't teach people to drive lorries necessarily, um, but we teach people to be internal driving instructors, driving examiners, and we set up driving schools around the country for companies. That's lorry driving schools. Uh, we have customers in Poland uh, and wow. uh, lorry company uh, customers that is transport company um, and we have uh, two multinational companies one one of whom has about two and a half thousand lorries we do all of the training for them and another has has about 600 cars we do all the training for them uh, we will but uh, so most of our money comes from transport you know from the legal stuff or teaching legal stuff. For example, yesterday I was teaching someone to be um, uh, to pass exams for transport manager's exam, which is a, a legal requirement if you're going to be a transport manager in a big transport company. Uh, Monday and Tuesday I'll be doing Zoom training rather like this in Belfast and Dublin. And then Wednesday and Thursday, that will be to do with lorries. Well, that's to do with, um, uh, you can imagine the, the great big lorries on the road, the tall ones, um, yeah. there, there is um, a scheme or a training system to, to prevent them rolling over. You can imagine if one rolled over. So we do the pre-rollover training for them. So that's what I'll be doing in Dublin and Belfast or with Dublin and Belfast. 
Then on Wednesday and Thursday, I'll be in um, Hertfordshire where um, we're teaching people to be internal trainers. So you could imagine if you came to a company new and somebody's now got to show you all the ropes and show you, for example, how that fridge works, how that warehouse works, how this operates, how we load lorries, how we do this, that and the other. So we train the trainer. It's called the trainer within industry. We do that for a few companies. Uh, so that's what I'll be doing Wednesday, Thursday. Um, the following week, I'll be on bikes, So, uh, which is what most of us prefer, bikes. You know, that's our love, really, uh, yeah. is bikes. But our, our income is from mm. our other work. So our... Our official name is Essential Driver Training Limited. Uh, as the name implies, we're a limited company to do with driver training. Uh, but most people know us as Fast Track, and that's certainly local people, because we, when we were just motorbikes or mainly motorbikes, we were Fast Track Riders Training, and that name seems to have stuck, and people just still think of us as, as Fast Track, certainly local people. Uh, and on our building, it, it actually says essential driver training and mm. fast track. So um, with the bikes, we teach people to ride, obviously. And then we we do we do other things as well. We do advanced training. And we, in fact, we have um, a contract coming up with, with the second or third biggest police force in the country to train some of their instructors. So two or three of us are going away to do that. Uh, in the new year, it was supposed to be this week actually, but but it was put on hold because of the COVID. Uh, that they'll be on bikes, so we'll be um, in and around the Manchester area then um, on uh, on bikes. So that will be so that's something to look forward to. We also then arrange trips, uh, some sometimes abroad, sometimes in this country. We we had one to the Lake District a few weeks, a couple of months ago now, which was really good. Uh, really enjoyable and then in about 12 to 15 months we're going to the states we go there every other year um always on bikes although we do allow if that's the right word people to go by car uh, <laughs> allow so, yeah so although it's it's sort of a, it's a bike trip but we accept that some people perhaps can't ride bikes or don't want to be riding motorbikes for two or three weeks um so that was supposed to be 12 months, well, 12 months September. It's just gone, you know. Uh, but we put that back now till about March or April in about 15 or 16 months' time, simply because of the COVID mm. and and because it takes a lot of arranging. We, we have a, that's a fantastic trip um, because it's a non-profit one for us. It's almost like a charity. It's, uh, it's Well, it isn't a charity. It's, it's a non-profit in that people pay for themselves and the, the airfare is in their name, the bikes are in their name. We do it really, so because it's good to ride in a group. So um, it's the only way we can do it. You know, if we did it for profit, it was, you know, I'd be responsible for everybody. I don't really want that. I just want to go for a ride, and mm -hmm. so do everybody else. So, uh, and there, that's particularly good because we have a we have an open invite there to go to Top Gun, to the flying school, um, you know, where Tom Cruise was, and because the... The local sheriff is a friend of mine, and he gets us in there. So we've been there two or three times now, and uh, that's what we hope to do when we go next time as well. Mm. Wow! So, so we've got a nice, we've got a varied life. We've got a good life because um, you know we're doing things which we love doing, which is riding motorbikes. I do love uh, driving lorries, but I sort of wouldn't want to do it for a living. I wouldn't want to be committed to have to go and do a delivery here, there, and you know, in some. Tesco's or Marks and Spencer's somewhere, you know. 
Um, but who's, but got, who's got a doggy? <laughs> Is that your doggy, Dave? It's my wife has just come back. She's been to her mother's down in Hereford, and the dogs have gone crackers because they've seen the car coming in. Oh. I'm sorry about that. They'll shut up in a minute. <laughs> I'll, I'll have fun. I'll have fun editing that one. That's it. Um, so, so, go on, go on, Jules. I was going to say, just going back to your um, the essential driver training, or yeah. you know, the, the lorry driver training. Yeah. So, is yeah. that the sorts of things where you know the lorry drivers have to do? From from my understanding of my previous business, that um, they have different elements that they have to achieve. Yeah. So, like, one of them will be the vulnerable road user, for example. Well, it's called um, certificate of professional competence. It's a it's a European wide regulation, which we've continued in this country. And uh, you're quite right about vulnerable road users. There isn't there is a syllabus. Well, there is a there's a syllabus, but we write our own programs to to meet the requirements of the syllabus, one of which happens to be vulnerable road users. We yeah. also do emergency first aid. We do that for bikes and for, for the lorry drivers. Um, yeah, so so the it's called driver CPC, which is the legal requirement. Yeah. And um, we, so we have our staff. I do that as well, and a couple of our um, staff do that. We, we do that all over the country. Um, so... I think we have somebody this week. We've got someone in in Kent and somebody up in Scotland. So we we get around doing that. That's mm. probably the most of the work we do. Really, I suppose if we compartmentalised it, it would be driver CPC would be most of what we do because it's continual and because yeah. it's a legal requirement. So people have to do it. And if we're lucky enough to get the contract with the big companies to do it, then then we're doing it. A lot, you know. So we've been doing that for ten years now, and uh, since it was introduced in two thousand and nine, actually. So, so um, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, we do, we do an awful lot of that. Yeah, we do that in house as well uh, at our place. Although we tend mostly to go away to do that because it's easier for for one of us to go to somewhere in Glasgow, for example, than mm. fifteen drivers turn up down at our yeah. place. You know, yeah, so, of course, yeah. yeah. Ah. Hmm. Uh, Shane, sorry, go on because I interrupted you. I was going to ask. I forgot the question I was going to ask now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll jump in with another one then. <laughs> Dave, you, you, seem, you seem to have quite a. I mean, I'm quite jealous. I mean, I, I'm a sort of vehicle man myself. I mean, I, I, you know, I like my bikes, like my cars, like my trucks, and that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm a, I'm a mechanic by trade, and you know, um, I work in the transport industry as, as it is at the moment. Um, so I'm quite a little bit envious because you get to go and play with with, with vehicles all day <laughs> and not actually have to actually do it. You know, you're not obliged. You know, like you said, you don't have to do the deliveries. You have to do the daily grind of having to use vehicles. But you just get to go and play with them. And it's a wide variety. Like you said, different vehicles every day. Yeah. So Yeah. I, I and and driving the big lorries. Yeah, driving the big lorries. Some, the big companies, the, the, the big reputable, well-known companies, uh, they they will employ a lot of agency drivers because of the massive amount of work they're doing. You imagine coming up to Christmas, Tesco's mm. and Marks and Spencers and Sainsbury's need. Mm. Um, it's it's a you know it's a massive undertaking. The logistics is a massive undertaking, and and they can't afford to keep lorry drivers three hundred and sixty five days a year and not use them for 
60 or 70 of those days. Mm-hmm. So, so they employ agency drivers a lot. But the, the big companies, the reputable ones, they won't allow agency drivers to drive their trucks unless until they've been tested on them. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we do is we train the assessors. So they're rather like driving examiners. Who So the, the agency driver will come to a big company and he, he's going to be working for them for a month or six weeks, day in, day out, and they, they have to be assessed that, that their driving is to a, to a reasonable standard. So we train the trainer. That's, that's mm, perhaps yeah. one of the biggest things we do, if you were to describe us as a company, would be train the trainer because that's mm. basically what we do th- throughout, throughout everything. We train motorcycle instructors. We've been doing that for 20-odd years. We, we, we used to train more than anybody else in the country, motorcycle instructors. I think, I think I've trained something like 500 and uh, over the years, and learners, we've trained about 5,000 learners. Uh, and with the lorries, we've probably trained 5,000 lorry drivers, I would think, something like that. Mm. Um, so, but you're, you're right, our work is very, we also drive cars. Most of us, or several of us, are driving instructors by profession as well, although we tend, we, we just do not teach learners in cars. To us, it's, it doesn't fit what we need. You know, I, I admire the driving instructors who are working day in, day out, but they're doing like an hour here and an hour in Oswald Street and an hour in Market Drayton. It doesn't fit what we do. So we we used to train driving instructors. We still do, actually, uh, but, but that's a very small part of what we do. Um, so our driving instructors, we also do driver training for company car drivers uh, who the health and safety regs suggest rather strongly suggest that the people who are getting company cars should receive more training than a standard um, driving test. So that's called fleet driver training. We do that all over the place. We, our one company, one, one of our customers has about five or 600 vehicles. Another one has, I think it's about 450. So we're, we're regularly doing that. Wow. So, that's, so, so we drive Arctic's posh cars and motorbikes okay. yeah. it's not bad really can yeah. I have a drop <laughs> with, with Dave with the um, lorries or the like van driving have you yeah. noticed yeah. an increase in people wanting to have to get or have to get tested to do that or assessed given probably I would imagine with this year the amount of delivery drivers that are now required out on the road because everywhere is having to do all, you know, with all the different shutdowns and yeah. people not wanting to go into shops in some cases that they're having deliveries. So have you noticed an increase as a result of that? Well, a car license will cover you for anything up to three and a half tonnes. So if you think of a basic van like a Ford Transit or that mm. type of vehicle, a popular van like that, they're around two tonnes, two and a half when they're fully loaded. So you don't need a particular license to drive those vehicles. Right. So um, with the influx of people like Amazon and people like, like that, you know, I go to a, to one of our customers up in Scotland next to an Amazon warehouse. And every time I go, you see a, a line, a massive line of Ford Transits or small vans, yeah. all parts up ready to collect their stuff and do the deliveries. So for that, they don't actually need any additional training. Uh, right, so, yeah, um, yeah. 
So we so we've got millions of drivers in the country who could do those jobs. Uh, mm. The 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 additional training is required for the big lorries. Yeah, seven and a half time yeah. and up, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's a similar sort of thing with my work as well. I mean, um, the, a lot of those people like Amazon and stuff, because uh, I work for Enterprise, and a lot of those big companies usually end up renting vans off us. Yes, do it, especially during this sort of time of year, like yeah. get agency drivers, they pull agency drivers from one company, they get vans from us, and then they do their business. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I think that certainly with um, small deliveries like like you know local deliveries and stuff, like yeah. everyone just use three and a half ton vans. Um, but I think with longer or longer range stuff, um, it's going to be larger vehicles, and that's where you're probably coming. I suppose. If you imagine somebody like Tesco's or Marks and Spencers, Marks and Spencers will have distribution centres around the country. They won't be run by themselves. They'll be run by a logistics company. And the this all the stock and stores come into those distribution centres, and then if you take somewhere, the nearest place we've got of a place that I know of like that is Crew. So where Crew yeah. has a logistics centre there with about 100 or 120 vehicles, and they will be going out. They will have supplies coming in from all over the place, and then they'll be going out to stores. And, yeah. and one Arctic might do one store, or some some of the bigger shopping places um, will need five or six Arctic loads of food every day. Mm. That's the amount we, we're turning over. You know, I've been into warehouses where where you can't move for all the food and the stuff like that. You know, and then you go three hours later and it's empty. Mm. And then another load's coming in every day. We do one which comes from Dublin every day, and that it takes seven Arctics to feed one retailer in the Republic of Ireland. One retailer. Wow, that's mad. And the same, and the same logistics company also do the same from Belfast, where they get their supplies from Glasgow, six or seven lorries every day go to their to this one particular food retailer. And That's it's not crazy. one of the biggest ones either. Wow. That's one of the posher ones. Yeah. So, so, so Dave, like if we, if we take this back a bit then, you said that you were um a police uh, in the police before. Yeah. Yeah. Um obviously you, you left the police force. I mean what what made you then sit there and go, right, I'm gonna start tra- driver training now? Like, well, <laughs> my my love in the police force. I'm sort of I'm not unique by any means, but I'm unusual in 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 the police service in that I I spent about a third of my time as a traffic officer, a third as a detective, and a third operational. On, you know, on, on the streets as were. Well. Yeah. Uh, but my my love was always traffic. You know, that's what I always wanted to do when I was a little boy, mm. uh, and I was lucky enough to do that for several years. And so I've always had a love for cars and bikes. And even though I did other training, you know, detective training and stuff like that, the the avenues, there aren't so many avenues open to detectives, if you like, when they leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but but driving was just sort of natural, natural thing to me to go into mm. because I used to do that. You know, I did that for 26 years as a policeman. So, 
Yeah. 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 Makes sense, I suppose. Obviously, <laughs> you know, you, you say the fast track is what people know you as as well for your, yeah. for your motorbikes. And it's, it's obviously how I met you, Dave, and yeah. how I yeah. got involved because yeah. you, and I mean not your company, but you personally, you retrained more, retrained. You did a refresher day for yeah. me, didn't you? To get yeah. me back on I'm the motorbike. Yeah, I'm still having sleepless nights about it. <laughs> I'm safe, don't you worry. I'm mm-hmm. safe now. But it was, um, I am. <laughs> but no, I mean, that for me, and I think particularly, you know, that's something I want to like help people be aware of because, you know, you do, you train a lot of women up. And, you know, for me, after a good 30, 40 odd years of not being on a motorbike, to get back on one, you know, with the whole confidence level gone, it took what? It wasn't even a whole day, was it, in the end, I think? No, I don't think it was, actually, no. About five hours? Yeah, it feels feel like five weeks, but it was about five <laughs> hours, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> but, obviously, as a result of it, you know, you got me back on two wheels, um, and, you know, you train a quite a high percentage of women, you know, yeah. you obviously you've got little offshoots going on. Little you do right little local rideouts. So obviously not so. Fair, I, I, I'm aware of fast track. Um, I'm just remembering now. Years ago, I used to knock about with um, with a woman and, and as friends, by the way. Um, and uh, I'm trying to remember. We went to Silverstone, and I went to Silverstone with a couple of people from fast track. Um, and I think it was Ross, and I can't yeah. remember the woman. I'm a woman's name. Um, what an instructor! Yeah, Ross was one of the instructors. One of the guys there, like, um, I'm sure okay. he was. Um, he, he definitely did the CBT for my brother, anyway. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, all I'm saying is that the uh, you know, from what I've what I've met of uh, of the staff at Fast Track is that they've always been really, really nice, really sound, and really accommodating, and just friendly. You know. Yeah. Thank you. Well, Ross, of course, uh, with two other people we've trained. Uh, I, I trained Ross as a, to uh, to be a bike instructor in when he came to us first. He's now uh, one of the local examiners, DSA right. examiners, uh, and another one we trained from down Peterborough Way is now on their enforcement section, and then another one we trained is basically lorries and car examiner in Shrewsbury, but but also does motorbikes as well. Mm. Um, And that's good for us because it keeps us in the loop of knowing any changes in regulations and stuff like that. And it changes a lot, doesn't it? It, The rules are just constantly changing. Yeah. It's, you know... So I can imagine that that's a tough task in itself is to keep on top of what's 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 right at the moment. Yeah, what's legal, what's what's current. Yeah, the the other thing that's good for us as well, of course, is because um, two of our, apart from myself, two of our bike instructors are are ex police, fairly recently ex police as well, mm. least recently retired, uh, and they're still in touch with their colleagues at work, and I still am with people I used to work with. So we're we're also and be, and we've got the 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 job with the police force up in north you know after mm. the new year so we we're lucky in that we it keeps us current on everything really mm. keeps us current with you know what what are the police thinking about what what are those you know for the the, yeah. the, the, the driver people i don't suppose it's handy to get rid of those parking tickets isn't it yeah half the <laughs> half the thing is keeping up to date with everything you know yeah exactly and what's not yeah yeah. yeah, of course, of course. It's like a high, the highway code forever changes, doesn't it? On like potentially on a daily basis, 
it's uh, it yeah it's it gets an update every about every two years mm-hmm. um and then when something specific has to be altered i can remember a couple of years ago they had to that there was a, a bit in the highway code about everybody wearing white crash helmets it said which actually wasn't the really sensible thing to do because you want things brightly colored rather than just yeah. white white doesn't show up uh, and that was put into the highway code that had to be changed and it was changed within about 12 months so so the highway code i've got a highway code um not not that was issued to me but a 1931 highway code wow yeah which was uh, was one of the very first and to be honest it there's only about 18 pages in it uh, but but this some of the things are still the same don't drop the ash from the steam engine on the side of the road. Well, it's got things, it's got, it's got um, signals for people with horse and car. Uh, yeah, and, from the yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, But it's also got things which haven't changed, like do not overtake after when approaching a road junction. That's still yeah. in from 1931, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I bet that's fascinating to sit there and compare the two. Yeah. <laughs> One of the driver CPC courses we do for the lorry drivers is is called Technical Innovations, which shows where we've gone from the 1900s to where we are now and where we're going with semi-automatic automated vehicles. And in that respect as well, we, we, we're lucky with that because I, I, I own a, a Model T Ford, which is a 1917, which is 102 years old, you know. It's, it's, it's our work. And we use that in photos in an example of where we've gone from 1917 to yeah. where we're now. You know? Sit, sit yeah. next to one of these uh, hybrid, fully electric Elon Musk cars or something. Yeah. Like, look yeah. at the difference, you know? It's like Harris, what's it, uh, you know, what's it Ford um, invented, invented the Model T? Like, you know, imagine if he was able to sit there and look at what we're doing now. Yeah. Well, it's still, yeah. still got four wheels and a steering wheel. It just might have a plug instead of a tank later well, on. Well, the thing is, it's like you know, it's what what fascinates me is that the the systems and stuff. Again, from a mechanical point, uh, you know, perspective, um, you know, the systems have changed exponentially. You know, in, yeah. in, in many different ways, and you've got so many different variants now. That as a mechanic, it's almost impossible to know all of it. You know, you just, it's just not going to happen. But like. You know, you've also got the fundamental uh, systems that are just not going to change, yeah. like you know yeah. how an engine physically works. Yeah. You know, and the other thing that completely baffles me is why the hell we're all still on lead acid batteries. Is 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 just blows my mind. It's like you know mm. how see how, how much the engines progressed now from you know from yeah. before, but then the batteries haven't changed. No. <laughs> still using old batteries, like you know, and it just it blows my mind, you know. <laughs> well, I think actually as well with new vehicles, you know, I I know when we're doing driver training with the company cars and sometimes we get quite youngsters driving, you know, in their new Golf or Polo, whatever the company's <laughs> supplying them with. Yeah. And you and I know sometimes they, they they sort of resent somebody of my age or our instructor's age trying to tell them what to do. Yeah. But then I think, you know, over the years from the time I drove first, little things have been added. So, so for example, um, in 1967, when I drove my first police car, which was Austin A40, it had four gears, and it had a clutch, and, it had, and that's about all. You know? <laughs> and then, 
Is that the one with the stone wheels at the front? Yeah, or the one. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. No, it was a rear-wheel drive. It was a rear-wheel drive. (laughs) Then, then they added a fifth gear, and then, then when when I was a traffic officer, we had a car that had six gears. We had one of the first four-wheel drive cars ever, but but they've developed bit by bit. You know, so now if I drove, for example, an Audi R8 or, um, uh, you know, or a supercar, that's developed as I've developed. I've only had to learn one new thing at a time. Yeah. If you see what I mean. Whereas a driver has got to get into a car with flappy paddle gears, semi-automatic, automatic, automatic, this, that and the other. They have to learn everything in one go. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, we we develop with the car. Yeah, yeah. Somebody thrown into a brand new car now, it's like a computer. If you drove something like, um, uh, you know, like the all electric cars, which which basically look like something out of Star Trek, you know, with all the computerized things on board, they have to learn all of that in one hit. You yeah. know, we don't because they've only added a bit since mm. last year, and a yeah. bit and providing. Providing we, up to, we keep up to date and we keep progressing as we go, you know, with our motorbikes, yeah. of course, they're exactly the same. We have motorbikes now without without clutch, but they're not fully automatic. We are, you know, they've got cruise control and yeah. stuff. We get onto a brand new motorbike now, and it's completely different to a brand new motorbike of thirty years ago. I think exactly. Just, what? They've just developed, haven't they? You know, they've yeah. added a bit now. My my bike's got cruise control. My last one didn't have, mm. um, but I've only had to learn that extra bit. I think. The, and, I think the difference and is comfortable things like the comfortable sorry, things, say, but yeah. like heated handlebars. Heat, well, it, mine's got a heated seat as well. Grips. You know, so that's, oh. that's progress, isn't it? You know, <laughs> yeah. heated seat. Sorry, Shay, go on. <laughs> I think. I think what I'd say to these young people that are sort of like you know pulling their face over, you tell them what to do. Is the difference is that you could probably jump into a, a new car now and drive it. Yeah, yes. because you've seen the progression, but they can yeah. jump in your Model T and drive that. No, absolutely. They wouldn't know absolutely what to do. not. Did you, you know, did you did you um, did you see that um that uh sorry to jump in hi guys by the way um did you see that video of <laughs> of uh, there's a police officer in America stopped a guy in a Tesla for operating a tablet whilst he was driving and the, the young kid in there was like no 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 it's part of the dash and he invited the police officer to have a look at the vehicle like, look it's on the dash it's just that's just how Tesla do it and he's like wow that's amazing thank you so much for showing me I'll let you leave you on your way I'm really sorry I didn't realize because. The, the, the Tesla the displays, they, they are literally a giant tablet on the dash. It's just crazy how things have changed, right? Wow. We were training somebody in a Tesla uh, a few months back in um, in uh, Basingstoke, and my mate who had been in it, I, I said to him afterwards, are we having one or what? You know, <laughs> a 90 grand, are we having one? Uh, he wasn't that impressed, to be honest. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it didn't. He, he he missed the mechanical bit of it, if you like. He yeah. said it was like dr- driving a glorified milk float. God, what's that milk float? <laughs> yeah, it was. Stop it! Right. I said no controls, but but if you're good at, at Xbox, you'd be, you, you know, provided you could aim the car, you'd probably be good at Tesla. <laughs> Thing yeah. is, uh, this is a problem see, with a lot of the new new uh, stuff. I mean, I, I'm the same as you, weird. As a younger guy, even as a younger guy, I do prefer. The you know um, no power steering and and that kind of you know, what sort of car because I feel like I'm, I'm I'm driving it rather than it's driving me. 
Yeah. Um, whereas a lot of the yeah. newer systems, they have yeah. like fly-by-wire steering, they have like you know, like you said, it, it are it's semi-automatic. So they've got like no clutch. So it's just mm. you know, it's just like like you said, it's operating. A, it's a computer. Yeah. It's not a car. Whereas I prefer driving a car. You know, yeah, and having that, all the bangs and bumps yeah. and, and the vibrations of driving a car. You know, uh, mm. that said, I drive a Sofia, yeah. so you know, go figure. Um, <laughs> yeah, you drive what's convenient for you now, isn't it? I mean, everyone will drive what's convenient for their road and their business. Yeah. We'll have a toy one day. Yeah, it's, and yeah, you, you, but you do. I mean, you, you know, obviously, Shane, that we've got like a nineteen forty-six Jeep. Yes. Yeah. Which is like yeah. it's you know dog leg first you know gear like double the clutch all that sort of stuff yeah thirty yeah. mile an hour tops yeah would we yeah. drive it every single day if it was nope. glorious hot and sunny no of course we wouldn't because it would take forever to get anywhere and it's not practical but it is the sort of thing you just go out and have a bit of fun in yeah and you yeah. have yeah. to concentrate yeah. properly concentrate because you yeah. feel like you're having to drive and I think you know it's the same with the motorbikes particularly now as well with you know, with the standard of some of the driving out there, you know, you're, I'm always on the alert when I'm on my motorbike purely because I have to be because mm. um, mm. I'd rather be upright all the time and not at any point um, off my bike. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I think there's it, but it is, it's the, but um, you know, you get electric motorbikes. I had to go on one on the motorbike show last year. Um, blooming scary. That is how you mm. can just mm. literally with a twist of a wrist go from like, 30 to like 60 70 80 within a matter of a second scary that's yeah. really scary yeah. so yeah one I thing i was gonna say to you dave um slightly well not really off topic but you know um one thing that i've, I've noticed in the last you know sort of 10 maybe maybe even 20 years um and i hear a lot of it's obviously the shortage of um um hcv drivers on the road especially young blood coming coming into the trade kind of thing you know um now i put that a lot of that down to the cost it, it's not cheap is it getting doing getting your hcv license no um so what's your thoughts on that so you know obviously i do think that there needs to be an in-depth examination and test process obviously because you're driving a 44 ton truck down the road you know um but is the, mm. do you think that by and large it's it, it's sort of inflated beyond its sort of remit a little bit and it's sort of that and the logistic trade is is suffering because of that statistics show that 17 to 21 year olds are lethal on the road particularly if they've got the mates with them mm. it doesn't get better till they're about 24 um i've got like 50 years odd experience of driving a motorbike and I could give somebody but a confidence and get the experience is actually they're, they're doing it mm. you've got to somehow manage to quell them a little bit dampen dampen yeah. them a little bit if you can they've got some way to do with some bikes by having stone you know so you can have a bike now like a little one two five we'll still do 70 miles an hour you can die just as easily as 70 on a little bike as you- yeah of course yeah of course yeah you can on a big bike, uh, but I suppose at least it is in stages, and and that that's I think that's a way forward. Accident rates with bikes are not good, you know they're 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 still rising very slightly, um, I, and I don't really have an answer to it. I, I no. personally, I would 
I would go down the road to say the Germans do, which is compulsory professional training. For example, in Germany, you can't just book your own driving test. You can't go out with no. your mom and dad or your brother or your sister. You have to go to professional exam instructors and they have to do, for example, 10 hours theory. They have to go onto a motorway for 10 hours and all sorts of things like that. That accident rate is very good. The best accident rate uh, in in the um, modern world, if you like, is the Scandinavian countries. But look at the training they get on bad weather, which yeah. we don't. Yeah, yeah. Know. There's no compulsory training like that. I just, yeah. I'm just, the, I'm just sort of wondering, like you know, because obviously, you know, HGV, you're talk, talking two and a half, three grand, aren't you? Sort of thing, roughly, give or take, yeah. depending on how how fast you pass your test, whether you pass it the first time mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. You're talking two and a half, three grand. Now, somebody who's 21, 25, or whatever, who's you know, young family. Somebody, like, somebody like me, for example, uh, mm. I, I couldn't afford that kind of money to mm. to lay out no. to to do do driver training. So, no. like, if if there's somebody say listening who who was in that scenario wanted to um, to get into driving a truck or or doing a motorbike license and stuff, and they're struggling with the money, yeah. In, in your is is there help out there? Is there something a fast track do that that can help? No. No. <laughs> Well, <laughs> well, the bottom line, the bottom line, not really, <laughs> not really, um, because uh, Love it. Well, actually, um, <laughs> well, we we do do we do do uh, um, like we make it cheaper if people block book than yeah. if they do a bit at a time. Mm-hmm. But the, yeah. uh, one, of, one of the Labour governments, uh, a couple of governments ago, they were going to make um, driving tuition compulsory yes. by by enhancing that. But, but having said that, you know, there's the driving the driving instructors, the car ones particularly, not so much, well, the bike ones as well, but mm. the car ones, um, they're very heavily regulated, yes. very heavily mm. And yet, there is no compulsion for anybody to go to them. Mm. So uh, yeah. it, it sort of defeats the object. It's okay the government on one hand saying, let's improve the standard of the bike instructors and the car instructors. But strangely, to teach somebody to drive a lorry, you only need a lorry licence. They, 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 I mean, the theory, the theory test, I think, is a waste of time, to be honest, because... Um, if you think of a 16-year-old who just wants to ride a scooter or a 17-year-old wants to ride a 125, he doesn't want to do a test. It seems a bit stupid as they're the high-risk group that don't actually have to do the theory. So when the government say, well, introducing the theory testers, which has saved lives, I don't know, you get to the people who don't have to do the theory test and they're the ones who are dying. I don't know how that equates, how the government get around that mm. one. Yeah, um, it's but, a good point, actually. Tough, a very good point. tough one, isn't it? Tough one. Dave, we're um we're gonna we're on sort of like we're on our wind down bit now, so um where we're gonna okay. be wrapping up the show very shortly. Um, but if people wanted to find out more about your business and how they could, you know, get some training from you and your team, what where are they yeah. best to yeah. look yes. and find out this information? Well, we, we do have, we have a Facebook and we have we have two Facebook pages and we have a website. We have two websites, although our main website is the one which is easiest to remember. It's it's www.livingyourdreams.co.uk, which sounds a bit like a porn site. But actually, <laughs> it, we, we developed that one for the motorbike bit 
because it was originally going to be for the leisure side, you know, going riding off mm-hmm. to the Green yeah. in Germany or to, or to which we do regularly, or to go to America or to go wherever. Um, but then people remember that name where we do yeah. have one called stayinglegal.com, which is the lorry stuff, but we've put all the lorry stuff onto Living Your Dreams as well. So the best place to find out about us is Living Your Dreams. It's, it has everything on that. And, of course, some people drive about, dream, dream about driving lorries across the continent, don't they? So it fits them as well. So livingyourdreams.co.uk or our, our Shrewsbury number is uh, just 460460, which is easy enough to remember. Um, and we've always got people there who will answer the queries and do whatever they, they want. And, they, and, of course, they can come in and visit us. We're hoping over the next few months to have a, a cafeteria there as well. We, we're just in the early stages of doing, having a biker's calf. Um which which will bring people in. It'll, it'll be somewhere where people can go to for a social on bikes. Can't imagine the lorry drivers coming in there, but you know, uh, <laughs> from the social side. Um, um, uh, so that's about where where we're at. Um, I've got a friend. I've got my uh, my co-host for the Weekly Bazaar, uh, Lucy Orchard. Um, she's she's a HGV driver. She's doing uh, tipper trucks at the moment because there's not much going on in the comp- on the in the continent. But um, hey ho. Um, yeah. So she she's. Um, so some of the videos I've seen her doing, um, because it's it's all precision, right? She's driving down the stadium. Stadiums have these really small, narrow sort of slip roads into the, 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 the bowels of the stadium, I guess. And she's driving this lorry, and she's literally got to be inch perfect. And our other yes. videos, breathtaking. Uh, that's something she wants to do. She's confident enough to do it. But what would you say to what advice would you give to someone that doesn't a little bit nervous? really needs to do it, really wants to do it, but is really terrified of actually getting behind them. What advice would you give to them before they come to you? You mean for as a lorry driver? As a lorry driver, yeah, or a bike driver, anything like that. Well, first of all, find a reputable school. That's the first thing. Uh, That's normally by word of mouth. Mm. That's where you get the best information. Um, you know, you can search on the internet, but you don't know who you're going to get. I, I would go to somebody who's done it or has done something like that and and seek their advice because my advice will always go be go to somebody who knows what they're doing and has a good reputation. You can, you know, we've been going for 27 years and we have, uh, and by you or, you know, something like that. I think that applies whatever mode of transport you, you're doing, you know, um, we, we do other things as well. You know, I, I'm just doing um, re- renewing a pilot's license. I had a pilot's license some years ago. Uh, so I'm just renewing that. And we also have a, we'll also may, may be doing uh, water ski training as well, which is, which we've also got the equipment to do. So we would like, we want to go across the whole remit of transport almost from the social side as well, as well as the business side. So our, as I said right at the start, our business is, is is legal transport stuff plus the motorbikes obviously but our social side is almost entirely motorbikes you know yeah. and it's like working on your hobby isn't it really yeah yeah awesome brilliant well dave just before we sign off we've just got we've just got to do a couple of sort of thank yous and shout outs to people so uh, one of the big things going on that we need to shout out for is uh, Carol's on your doorstep. Um, so this is the 16th and the 24th of December. So I know it's sort of Shrewsbury, well, Shrewsbury Shropshire based, but it's um, 
it sort of seems to be going nationwide now. A lot of people getting involved in that and trying to find different ways around doing carol celebrations. Certainly for us in Shrewsbury here in the town, obviously we can't do the carols in the square this year. So this uh, carols on the doorsteps come up as a as an idea and is uh, yeah spreading like wildfire. Best to okay. say. Um, we also would like to do a shout out to the parade, which is the base normally for our studio. But again, obviously, at the moment, that's closed. So hence why we're doing all of our interviews. Um, and today, particularly on our bumper mammoth open studio day via Zoom. But yeah, thanks to thanks to the parade for, again, our space at the studio there. Um, and Chris Goff at uh, G CGR Business Solutions. And Chris helped us be recently become a uh, CIC. So, again, big shout out to Chris. Thank you very much for that. Um, Shout out to my co-host Shane and semi-silent co-host Al. He's always semi-silent because he just can't he can't help himself, can he? He just can't been, he just can't shut up, can he? That's he's been that. really good on this one. I've, I've been <laughs> watching twitching. It's been quite quite amusing. Oh, no, you can see him there, can't yeah. you? You guys so, have done a great um, job. Well done, well done. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Thank, thanks and Dad. of course, you know, a big shout out to our sixth guest on our bumper day, yeah. Dave Palmer. So thank you, Dave. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thanks to all of you. It's been a pleasure. And Dave, as as always, you know, um, if if there's anything that you've got coming up, if you, you know, obviously you're saying about opening your cafe, um, stuff like that. If there's anything that we can do to help, um, either promote it or anything like that, if you want to come back on and have a chat about that or any other mm. events, okay. any any drives or anything that you you're doing at the moment and things like that, um, and you want to just get them to get the word out. Just drop us an email, speak to Jules, whatever, and uh, we'll okay. by all means help with that. That's absolutely yeah. Fine. Thank you. Thanks very much. It's okay. Thank you. Cool. cool. Everybody yeah. happy? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody happy else? Out. Add anything? Al? No, just well done, guys. Yeah, well, well done. It was a great show. Thank you, thank Dave, you. for joining us. That's okay. Pleasure. <laughs> right then, guys. Thank you very much, and uh, see you okay. on the flip side. <laughs>